Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Father, thank you for this time, Lord God. Thank you for this opportunity that we have each and every morning just to, to get together, fellowship and with my brothers and sisters and and just dig into your word, Father. I pray, Lord, that you will speak to us through this story of Joseph, Father, and uh, we'll be able to use that as a reflection of our own lives, Father, Just continue to speak to us. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Stretch. All right. Genesis 41. Genesis 41, and I am reading from the New King James Version. Then it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh had a dream. And behold, he stood by the river. Suddenly there came up out of the river seven cows, fine looking and fat, and they fed in the meadow. Then behold, seven other cows came up after them out of the river, ugly and gaunt, and stood by the other cows on the bank of the river. And the ugly and gaunt cows ate up the seven fine looking and, and fat cows. So Pharaoh awoke. He slept and dreamed a second time. And suddenly seven heads of grain came up on one stalk, plump and good, then behold, seven thin heads, blighted by the east wind, sprang up after them, and the seven thin heads devoured the seven plump and full heads. So Pharaoh awoke, and indeed it was a dream. Now it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. And Pharaoh told them his dream, but there was no one who could interpret them for Pharaoh. Then the chief butler spoke to Pharaoh, saying, I remember my faults this day. When Pharaoh was angry with his servant, <coughs> excuse me, and put me in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, both me and the chief baker, we each had a dream in one night, he and I, each of us dreamed according to the interpretation of his own dream. Now there was a young Hebrew man with us there, a servant of the captain of the guard, and we told him and he interpreted our dreams for us. To each man he interpreted according to his own dream, and it came to pass, just as he interpreted for us, so it happened. He restored me to my office and he hanged him. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon, and he shaved, changed his, changed his clothing, and came to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have, I have had a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. But I have heard it said of you that you can understand a dream to interpret it. So Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Behold, in my dream I stood on the bank of the river. Suddenly seven cows came up out of the river, fine-looking and fat, and they fed in the meadow. Then behold, seven other cows came up after them, poor and very ugly and gaunt, such ugliness as I have never seen in all the land of Egypt. And the gaunt and ugly cows ate up the first seven and fat, first seven the fat cows. When they had eaten them up, no one would have known they had eaten them, for they were just as ugly as at the beginning. So I awoke. Also I saw in my dream, and suddenly seven heads came out of one stalk, full and good. Then behold, seven heads, withered thin and blighted by the east wind, sprang up after them. And the thin heads devoured the seven good heads. So I told this to the magicians, but there was no one who could explain it to me. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, 
The dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good heads are seven years. The dreams are one. And the seven thin and ugly cows which came up after them are seven years. And the seven empty heads blighted by the east wind are seven years of famine. This is the thing which I have spoken to Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Indeed, seven years of great plenty will come throughout all of the land of Egypt. But after them, seven years of famine will arise, and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine will deplete the land. So the plenty will not be known in the land because of the famine following, for it will be very severe. And the dream was repeated to Pharaoh twice because the thing is established by God, and God will short, shortly bring it to pass. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land to collect one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven plentiful years. And let them gather all the food of, the, of those good years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities. Then that food shall be as a reserve for the land for the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land may not perish during the famine. Verse 37. So the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find such a one as this, a man who is the spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off his signet ring off his hand and put it on Joseph's hand, and he clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. And he had him ride in the second chariot which he had, and they cried out before him, Bow the knee. So he set him over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh also said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without your consent, no man may lift his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zaphnath Paneah, and he gave him a wife, Asenath, the daughter of Potiparad, priest of On. So Joseph went over, out over all the land of Egypt. Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. Now in the seven plentiful years, the ground brought forth abundantly. So he gathered up all the food of the seven years, which were in the land of Egypt, and laid up the food in the cities. And he laid up in every city the food of the fields which surrounded them. Joseph gathered very much grain as the sand of the sea until he stopped counting, for it was immeasurable. And to Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came, whom Asenath, the daughter of Potipurah, priest of On, bore to him. Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for God has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. And the name of the second he called Ephraim, for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Then the seven years of plenty which were in the land of Egypt ended, and the seven years of famine began to come, as Joseph had said. The famine was in all the land, but in all the land of Egypt there was bread. So when all the land of Egypt was, fam was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. Then Pharaoh said to the Egyptians, go to Joseph, whatever he says to, to you, do. The famine was over all the face of the earth, and Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians, and the famine became severe in the land of Egypt. So all countries came to Joseph in Egypt to buy grain because the famine was severe in all lands. Amen. Amen. All right, we have a whole lot to cover and not a whole lot of time. So before we get into Genesis 41, let's go back to Genesis 40, verse 23. 
it says, yet the chief butler did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. So Joseph had helped, you know, the butler and the baker in the previous chapter interpreted their dreams. And my man completely forgot about Joseph. Verse one of chapter 41 says, at the end of two full years, Joseph was in, in prison, forgotten by the Pharaoh's butler for two full years. And there, there was difficulty and discouragement in those years for Joseph. You know, but we can assume that he still trusted God. Nonetheless, regardless of his circumstances, he still trusted, trusted God. And that tells me that we can have, you know, difficulty. We can be discouraged. We can be upset. We can be all this. But as long as we still have faith in God, because we're still human, we can see the circumstances around us and, and maybe not see any hope. But you know what? I know that God's got this. So many lessons we can learn from this. Sometimes, you know, the good we do seems unrewarded. Waiting is a common theme for the Christian life. God often appoints us to wait much longer than we would like. God appoints our starts and stops. And God, but we also know God's hand was in this. So Pharaoh had the dreams and, you know, verse two says there came up out of the river seven cows and Pharaoh's dream, seven fat cows came out of the Nile and were consumed by seven ugly cows and gaunt cows. And this was a strange dream that woke up the Pharaoh, um, but he went back to sleep. You know, he's probably like, hey, it's just a dream, right? Whatever. It's a dream. And then you had the next dream, you know, uh, seven heads of grain came up out of one stalk and, you know, again, seven head, you know, you know, healthy heads of grain were devoured by, by thin gaunt heads of grain. And so then verse seven, he wakes up from this dream. And he's like, there's something about this. This, this is a crazy dream, you know, and, and this had to be a message from God, you know, God, God still speaks to us today. Right. And he, and he may use supernatural means and, and strange things, even crazy dream, crazy things, excuse me. But normally God just speaks to us through his word. Hebrews one, um, beginning with verse one, says God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past um, to the fathers by the prophets here in these last days, spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom. Also, he made the worlds. God speaks to us through his word, through Jesus Christ. So Pharaoh was troubled and, and, and he, he didn't take this as just a crazy dream. Like there's something about this, you know? So he told, um, he told his people, you know, his magicians, this dream. And, and, and then, um, and so then the butler remembers, he remembers what happened to him, you know? And, and he remembers back in when, he, when Joseph was interpreting for him that he said, do not interpretations belong to God. Interpretations belong to God. And the butler remembers, he remembers Joseph and he confessed as wrong he did to him by forgetting him. And he recommended Joseph to Pharaoh as a man who can interpret dreams. So he sends for Joseph and they brought him quickly, you know, and, and, and when it was the timing of God to get Joseph it happened very, very fast. And we often feel that there are long periods of time when, when God doesn't do anything, when God is silent, God's not moving, you know, but when his timing is right, everything comes together in an instant. It can be just like that, that God's timing comes together. 
And during the times that we think God isn't doing anything, he's doing the work that's, that's most important to him. We serve an intentional God, a very, very intentional God. And when he's moving, and when, even when he appears that he's not moving, he's still being very intentional. There's a reason for it. See, we love Romans 8, 28. It says, we know all things work together uh, for, for the good of those who love God, right? Great verse. We quote it, all things work together for good. We love God, but we often forget the next verse where it says, to whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among the brethren. God's work in our lives is to conform us into the image of, of Jesus Christ, and that often takes time. We are going through things. We have situations in our lives that do not, we, we don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. Why is God allowing us to go through this? He is shaping us. He is forming us. He is molding us. He is, he's doing all this so we can be an even better image of his son, Jesus Christ. And so Pharaoh you know, has a dream. He tells Joseph, no one can interpret it. You know, but we know that Pharaoh's dream was actually a revelation from God. He received it, but he couldn't understand it, you know, but Joseph says, it's not in me. Like I can't do it. You know, Pharaoh gave Joseph a golden opportunity to glorify himself, but Joseph refused. You know, he didn't use this opportunity to glorify himself before Pharaoh, but only to glorify God. Only God can give me the answer. Only God can give me the interpretation. See, we, we remember Joseph when he was bragging to his brothers about his dreams and bragging about how they're going to bow down to him and all this stuff. Here we're seeing Joseph much wiser, humbler than he was before. You know, and again, in the past, he would brag about it, but any such self-confidence was now gone. Joseph knew that God alone had the answer. So God's work of character building was, was being accomplished in Joseph, even when he thought nothing was happening. And so more details came out when he, when he told Joseph the dream and, you know, and, and about the skinny cows, how they ate the fat cows, but they didn't get fat. They stayed exactly the way they were. He tells him in verse 25 that the dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Seven years of plenty and abundance followed by seven years of, of want and famine. And the seven years of famine were going to be so bad that the seven previous good years are going to be forgotten. People were going, to, were going to forget about the blessings. That's how bad it is. It was going to be. Verse 32, the dream was repeated to Pharaoh twice because the thing is established by God. Joseph saw God's confirmation in the repetition of the dream. He knew the principle that would, would be later revealed in Deuteronomy 19.15 that said, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, the matter shall be established. We can say, you know, of God's great message to us, the Bible, that, the, that the, it's been established by God. The Bible has been established by God. And it's not popular to say, but it remains true that God's word is true. God's word is real. And people don't want to say that anymore. People want to say that's just an old book written by a whole bunch of dudes thousands, thousands, thousands of years ago. No, God's word is true. The, God, the Bible speaks in many different styles. But each style is true, whether it's history, commandments, uh, poetry, wisdom, prophecy, all of it is true. 
And the confirmation of the dream also indicates the, ur indicates the urgency of the message. God used Joseph as a guide to Pharaoh. And, and some of us wish that God would, would give us such supernatural guidance. Many of us want guidance from God like a map showing exactly what to do, when to do it, how to do it, who to do it with. But instead of a map, God has given us a guide. God gave us his messenger. God gave us his son, Jesus Christ, and we can just go to him and he will guide us to where we need to go. Verse 33, um, so let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man. So Joseph interprets a dream, tells Pharaoh what's going to happen, and then, then says, you know, hey, you should appoint some wise people to do this, you know, you know, make, administer what, you know, to, to, to make all of the plenty. You know, and so so at this point, Joseph gave Pharaoh knowledge, telling him what would happen as revealed by the dreams that were a message from God. Now, Joseph was going to apply wis um, wisdom to that knowledge. Knowledge tells you what's going on. Wisdom tells you what to do about it. Knowledge is the is the diagnosis where wisdom directs you to the cure. And that's what Joseph was doing here. Our world would be uh, has a world right now has a whole lot more knowledge, but not a whole lot of wisdom. See what's going on in the world today. Everyone's smart. All the brightest minds in the world figure out what's going on, the craziness, you know, and this disease, this pandemic, this war, all this stuff. But no one is applying wisdom. Scientists, poets, politicians, you know, they 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 often see what the problems are. But true wisdom sees that Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer, brothers and sisters, to all of our problems. If we would all just direct our focus on him, so many things would be, would be a whole lot better. Verse 34, let him appoint officers over the land to collect one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven plentiful years. And, and Joseph's God-given wisdom, he saw that that the coming crisis would need proper administration. The problem had to be understood. The goal and the vision to meet this goal had to be formulated. The right people had to be put in place. They had to understand the big vision and then and their role in the big vision. Someone had to make sure all was operating according to the plan and the work had to be measured. It says to collect one-fifth of the produce, that's a 20% tax on all everything that's brought in. Ancient so sources suggest that Pharaoh normally only took a 10% tax of, all ever, of, of, of everything, all the grain that came in. So if this is true, then Joseph was gonna double the taxes for the next seven years. I don't know about y'all, but if the government came out here and said, hey, we are gonna double your taxes for the next seven years, I'm going to be pretty upset. You know what I'm saying? My son started working recently, right? All excited. You know, those of us with kids, they start working. They're all, hey, we're excited to get that first paycheck. Oh, man, look at the paycheck. I'm like, yeah, look at the paycheck. But look how, my, how much taxes come out. And he was like, whoo, that's a lot of taxes. Now double that. That's what Joseph was doing, doubling the taxes, but why was he doing that? Verse 36, that the land may not perish during 
the famine, the, me the message through Pharaoh's dreams was of a true crisis that was going to come. And if they didn't prepare, the land would perish. This was an urgent call to action. Like we have to move now. We got to make decisions now. We can't wait. And the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh. Verse 37, Pharaoh understood that Joseph not only had the right interpretation of the dream, but also the right advice to respond from, to the message from heaven. And he says, a man of, in whom is the spirit of God. It's very, very important. Pharaoh recognized this in Joseph. He had, Joseph, uh, excuse me, Pharaoh had plenty of priests. He had plenty of magicians. He had holy men. But what he didn't have until Joseph was a man with the spirit of God. And this made Joseph stand out amongst everyone else. This is the first mention in the Bible of the Holy Spirit coming upon a man. It's interesting, though, that this was in regards to more practical things. Joseph didn't have to preach a sermon or lead a prayer for Pharaoh to see the spirit of God among him, upon him, excuse me. He could see it in his character. He could see it in his message and his knowledge and his wisdom. He could see it in Joseph's humility that this young man was different. The presence of the power of the Holy Spirit can be seen in very practical ways. It can be seen in our character. It can be seen in our humility. It's amazing. Our character alone can point people to Jesus. Imagine that. You don't have to do anything crazy. Just follow the Lord. Heed his commands. Act right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and people can see Jesus in us. Verse 39, inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one discerning and wise as you. This is the first indication that Pharaoh wanted Joseph to be the one to save Egypt through his wise planning and preparation. And this probably surprised Joseph. You know, he probably was like, wow, okay, me, I guess, I guess so. You know, he says, you shall be over my house. Joseph had the knowledge and the wisdom, but Pharaoh had a choice. And he chose Joseph, you know, he gave him authority over all. He gave him Joseph authority over everything. He didn't say, hey, thanks for the advice, Joseph. Appreciate it, Joseph. You know, I got this. I'll handle this. No, he wisely surrendered to Joseph's knowledge, to Joseph's wisdom and Joseph's authority. Joseph would be, be over Pharaoh's house, all of his personal business. He would rule all the people of Egypt according to his word. Joseph would be second in the kingdom behind Pharaoh. And Joseph would have authority over all the land of Egypt. Joseph only seemed to be an overnight success, right? It seems like one minute he's in the prison, next minute he's in the, he's in the palace. But in truth, his, his journey from the, 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 the pit to the, to the pinnacle of power took 13 years. This is part of... This part of Joseph's story reminds us of some important principles regarding promotion and advancement. Promotion and advancement is from the Lord. According to Psalm 75, verse 6 and 7. That's not to say that hard work and preparation and good habits and, and other things don't contribute to, to our successes because they clearly do. Yet even those things are gifts and abilities from God. And should be regarded with humility and gratitude towards him. Promotion and advancement is never enough without the Lord. 
Because if you don't have the Lord, you're going to continually be seeking the next level, the next promotion, the next raise, the next position. You can't be so promoted or advanced to where you stop needing Jesus. We always need Jesus in our lives. Often promotion and success make us see our need for Jesus even more. Because with promotion, with advancement, it comes more responsibility. And so you indeed do need Jesus even more. So it says in verse 42, Joseph took his signet ring off his hand and put it on Joseph's hand. The signet ring was, signet ring was the expression of, of Pharaoh's authority. Now Joseph had the authority. Once he wore shackles of a, of a prisoner, now he had the signet ring of a Pharaoh. Once Joseph had the rags of a dungeon, now he had wonderful apparel. The word says garments of fine linen. Once he had chains of a slave, now he had uh, he was adorned with a gold chain around his neck. You know, Jason, uh, Joseph, he once walked as a slave. Now he traveled in style in, in the second chariot of Egypt. Verse 44, without your consent, no man may lift his hand or foot. This expresses, again, the idea of authority. Joseph once could only obey orders. Now he could also give orders. Joseph illustrates He's an illustration of a child of God. He's an illustration of us. And Jesus, we're given authority. We're given apparel. We're given adornment. We're giving aff given affluence. But in an even greater way, Joseph is a picture of Jesus Christ and who he is and what he's done and the place he should have in our life. Joseph, Jesus is a messenger from God. Jesus speaks truth about the future. The plan of Jesus provides uh, bread for our life. And authority is given to Jesus. And, there, and Joseph, Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zaphnath Paneah. Gave him a new name. And Jewish traditions, Jewish legends say that each letter of, of Joseph's uh, Egyptian name meant something. When they, they would link them together, the legends say the meaning of Joseph's Egyptian name was Seer, redeemer, prophet, supporter, interpreter of dreams, clever, discreet, wise. More likely, the name means God speaks and he lives, referring to God's word coming through Joseph, his own preservation, and the way he preserved both Egypt and the whole region. Verse 46, Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh. Joseph was a very young man to have that much authority. Yeah, he had been in God's, God's school of, of, of trust deepening, of character development for a long time, 13 years. He was sold as a slave at 17 years old. And all that time, he never lost his faith. All that time, he still relied on God. So verse 48, it says, he gathered up all the food of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt. Joseph did what was right. Essentially, Joseph, again, Joseph essentially doubled the taxes over the next seven years. And then Joseph was given a wife, and they had children. And these children are very important um, in, the, in, the, in the life of, of the children of Israel. Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. Manasseh means forgetfulness. 
And this is because God made Joseph forget all the previous pain and trials of his life. And he was given a second child named Ephraim. Ephraim means faith, uh, fruitfulness, excuse me, fruitfulness, because God made Joseph fruitful in Egypt. For God has made me forget, for God has caused me to be fruitful. Joseph did not forget the faith of his fathers. Even though, you know, he, he rose to glory in Egypt and had an Egyptian wife as a sign of his, you know, of remembering his fathers, his children were give, given Hebrew names. Manasseh and Ephraim are Hebrew names. He could have given them Egyptian names because now he was living in Egypt, married to an Egyptian, serving, you know, leading Egypt, but he did not forget the faithfulness of his fathers. So verse, verse 54, the famine was in all the lands, been in all the land of Egypt, there was bread. Because of Joseph's preparation, Egypt became a supply source for the whole region, which had suffered the famine. And it goes on to say in verse 57, the last verse, so all countries came to Joseph in Egypt to buy grain. The people in Canaan, including Joseph's family, as we're going to read here in the next couple of chapters, suffered from this famine. But God made wise provision for them by sending Joseph ahead of the family. Romans 8.28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his promise. God prepared Joseph 13 years prior to these events. He sent him away, allowed him to be sold into slavery. And look what God does. He takes a horrible situation and he sets it up for their good. And again, we're going to read about all this more in the next, next few chapters. Because if Joseph was never sold into slavery, went through everything that he went through, everything that he went through, he would not have been in Egypt to prepare the Egyptians and to prepare the land for this famine. He wouldn't be there to prepare the way for when his family shows up in Egypt looking for bread, looking for grain, looking to survive, right? But Joseph was there. We don't often know why God allows things to happen. And we can question to her blue in the face. Why, God? Why, God? Why is this happening to me? Why am I going through this? But hindsight being 2020, when you get to the end of it, then you can look back and be like, that's why. Now I see why. But it's the in-between that's difficult. So my brothers and sisters, whatever you're going through right now, Whatever trial and tribulation you're going through, whatever, you know, mental prison that you find yourself in, trust in the Lord. Trust him. I'm telling you, God has got you in a place where he's developing you. He's molding you. He's preparing you for the next level. You're not going to be in that dungeon forever. God is going to pull you up. He's preparing you for greatness. Doesn't matter what your circumstances look like. Doesn't matter what other people are telling you. The Lord is telling you that he is with you. He will not forsake you. He will never leave you. 
Joseph is a prime example of it. From the pit to the palace. What, 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 what crazier story is there of God's faithfulness? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you, Lord, and we just thank you for your word, Lord God. We thank you for, 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 for stories like Joseph. But Lord, we know they're not just stories, Father. This really took place, and it just continues to show your faithfulness. It continues to show your provision. It continues to show what happens when we give up control to you, and we just, we just surrender to your will. So, Father, I pray, Lord, that we would, we would continue just to, to meditate on your word, Lord God, and to, to reveal new things to us, Father, as we go about our day. Thank you, Father, Lord, for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for what you're doing in, in, in the life of Fusion Church, Father, and the growth that we're seeing, the lives that are being changed, Father. Thank you that we get to be even a small part of that, Lord. We praise you for what you're doing, and we continue to thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. All right, guys. Love you all. And um, I'll see you again next week. God bless.